She's she's like, uh-uh, put that uniform on. We're going to karate class because I paid good money for this and we're going to make sure we get our money's worth out of it. So, you know, it definitely increases the value just in their mind of what they're actually going to get. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now, here's your host, Dwayne and Allie. Uh, hello, hello. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you, sir. Good to be with you as well, man. I think we're missing one of our guests still, and there he is. <laughs> so, so we are excited. We're back with, uh, and by the way, we call you guys our expert advisors. You're part sponsors for our our show, which is so th we're thankful of that because we really do appreciate you guys doing that and uh, helping Dwayne and I you know, pay the bills and, and you know keep stuff going. Um, but uh, yeah, we're happy to have you guys on board from GetKarateStudents.com, right? So uh, great to have you guys here. Good to be here. Yeah, awesome to be here as always. Yeah. Yeah. So we got uh, John Evans and uh, 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 Travis. Uh, Travis, how did I say your last name? Uh, you say Clayben. Clayben. Okay, Travis yeah. Clayben. Um, how long have you been, uh, Travis Clavin? Uh, I have been Travis Clavin for actually, I was adopted when I was, uh, 18. So 20 years. Nice. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So, Did you know that Dwayne or is that I, just that you know, you know, it's kind of like when I tell the karate or the kids that, that come into the studio for their intro or not, like even last night, the, the kid goes, I said, how old are you? And he goes, he goes nine. I said, nine. I said, I said, uh, I, I said, uh, oh gosh, what did I say? I go, oh, I said, how long have you been nine? He's, uh, you know, like, it's just, they just, yeah, you know, exactly. I always goofy stuff like that. So, no, I did not know that, but there yeah. we go. Yeah. It was Jones yeah. before that, which was way easier to pronounce and spell. And Travis, well, I got it now, Clavin, we're good. I just didn't want to botch it. No, Travis, you're, you're away now? You're not at home or? Yeah, I am in uh, Delaware, an area wow. called uh, Lower Slower Delaware, where I actually, uh, the reason why I was a couple minutes late is I, the grocery stores here don't don't move as quickly. Um, okay. I was getting one thing, it took me about forty five minutes to get wow. through. You're closer place. to me now. You're not that far. I think Delaware is like a three hour drive from me right now. I think oh, I right. can Cool, man. That's great. So today it's exciting though for the listeners, uh, you know, to this this new kind of format Dwayne and I have, where we're bringing in a lot of guest people um, to talk about their expertise. Um, some instructors even that are doing well in certain areas of their schools, and coaches that have a, a certain forte about them as far as getting school owners to be at their best. And and you guys are experts at what you do, and you help so many schools. In fact, uh, I don't know if it's res responsible. You guys are responsible for this but we got like an uptick in people trying to become members to our group uh, in the last two days. So we had like 15 new people request membership, probably because they wanted to see you guys in your interview, which is kind of cool. So thank you for that. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so um, so today you wanted to go over something. I don't know if you want to spell it out and tell everybody that. Yeah, we're going yeah. to talk about the three pillars of attracting, you know, your dream student to your martial arts school. And so um uh, we, you know, we obviously want to know what those three pillars are, but I think the, the overarch is that it, it, I think the important thing that we need to understand is we actually get to pick, right? We get to choose. Um, and I heard, Del, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Dan Sullivan before, but he yeah. is a, uh, yeah. So he's a, a, a well-known, um, entrepreneurial coach and, uh, 
high level, you know, people. But uh, you know, he talks about that you need to be the buyer. Uh, stop being the seller, and you need to be the buyer. And I and I like what you guys are going to talk about with the the three pillars for attracting, you know, your dream student because we are interviewing them. We are the buyer in this equation, and we should be. And so, being able to set ourselves up. Um, that way is going to be important, but I'm, and, and, and I don't know if you want to go this way or not, but I'm assuming <clears throat> that maybe these are tips or tactics or tricks, but, but the underlying thing is I, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, the mental process for the owner themselves, that really has to be there even before or alongside these three pillars to work. Am I wrong in saying that? No, hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, we're so indoctrinated with the mindset of that, exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, you're in control of who comes in your school and who you do business with that. Sometimes I even forget that that is a mindset thing. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, you know, the way we're, the way we kind of look at the enrollment process is, you know, what if everything you've been taught about, doing marketing is wrong. And what if there's a better way? And that's how we started looking at things. And that's really when a lot of shifts started happening. And you listen to a lot of gurus out there and a lot of marketing guys and a lot of martial arts guys, and they're all doing different things. And they're all, they all think that their way is the best. And a lot of them are doing a lot of the same things. And we're looking at this stuff and we're just like, this is the best way. How could this be the best way? So we, when we start questioning those things was when we really started to make some headway as far as getting really consistent results in a lot of different locations. I think right now we're up to about 12,000 students enrolled in about 200 schools around the world using the system that we're going to show you here with these three pillars. So I think what you're going to find out real quick is that we do things differently than what everybody out there is saying. So it's exciting for us to get into this. Well, yeah. and let me ask this, doing it differently, does that allow you to uh, position yourself uh, in your school differently, meaning I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be the typical school in my area. I don't want to be the, um, the school that's known for the same things that everybody else is known for, or, or even what in general, maybe the martial arts is known for. I want to be the out of the box school. So is that safe to say that that, uh, allows someone to do that as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, th I think when you're looking at the three pillars, which we'll get into here, um, it really kind of is a wrapper around the culture of your school anyway. And so it's not, you don't have to be anything different or, or act any differently to turn these three pillars into um, a really powerful part of your business. And really we call them pillars because they actually prop up your business. So you, you, you have to have a good foundation. That's the mindset. And then you have to have a great business on top of it. You can't just have like a, uh, some watered down crummy curriculum in your school, but the pillars are what prop that business up on top of that great foundation of mindset, the great foundation of good curriculum. And then you've got this awesome business on top of it. Um, and so, yeah, for sure. I mean, what this allows you to do is when you learn these pillars, you, you plug them in and then your school can stand out automatically. It's not even a matter of like, intentionally trying to be different. It's just your personality and your culture that pours into your school is just propped up, automatically attracting the right people to you. So, so could I, so could, before you jump into them, I, I just wanted, 
open up the mindset of the listeners or school owners that sometimes I'm sure you guys run across this where they go, not in my area, not with my style, not, not my school. I'm not going to be a sellout and all this other stuff. So um, what, what you could do is with these pillars is plug them into any system, any style, any methodology. Of course, uh, you know, not if you're a, uh, you know, a dic dictatorship kind of brutal dungeon kind of old school dojo that just doesn't want to, you know, but it could, right? Maybe, maybe. But um, so what do, you, what do you find, though, that you need in order to open the mind for this? Is it just to be able to fit it to their their thing or and they, they could do it? Or what do you think? What do they have to prepare themselves for to be open to making this work? Well, I think... Um, you know, some people are just going to be open to it and some people are not. I don't think that it's really your job or our job or really any of us that are trying to help people to to open their minds to any ideas. I think it's a matter of if you're open to it, you're going to see whether it's for you or not. And I, I don't I definitely wouldn't say this is for everybody. Um, but the thing that I like about it is. As we present it it has the same sort of uh, benefit to the person who uses it too. We're showing lots of school owners how to do this. Do all of them take advantage of it? Of course not. Uh, but what's nice is a lot of times we get to be the ones that decide, is this school owner a good fit? And then what that allows us to do is that the school owners who are a good fit and we work hard to get them into our program to show them, you know, if we think you're a good fit, we're going to work hard for that. And then that shows them, Hey, if this student is not a good fit for my school, I'm not going to even ask them to join. And right. at the same time, when they find a student that is a good fit for the school, they're going to work real hard to help that student make the right choice. So I think, you know, we kind of eat our own dog food when it comes to uh, <laughs> to that um, mindset thing, too. And I think that also helps attract the right clients to us. Um and it's just sort of like that, uh, the old Reaganomics trickle down effect, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, and uh, I wish that I would have had the guts in the beginning not to take everybody on as a client. And I wish that I would have known how to sift, sort and filter um, them. Part of, part of the reasons why I think I know now how to do that is just because I've been beaten up enough by parents or students uh, or life or whatever. And, and the unfortunate part is if I, if I were to let that happen too much, I, I could be, you know, what it would do to me mentally, you know, I could be very cynical. Um, and, and I would say I, there was probably some times that I was very cynical before I thought to myself and made some lines in the sand and go, you know, this is what our expectations are. And if they can't meet these, then they're not a right fit, you know, and those type of things. But man, if if uh, you know school owners can get it in the beginning, they're going to have yeah, a much better time. But Dwayne, I think like if we think back to when we first started, and and you got to remember, like a lot of that has to do with being able to afford to be able to pay the bills. So people will, you know, they'll they'll do a deal and they'll do this and that because they'll take whatever they can get in the early days, not knowing that maybe taking what you can get hurts you in the long run, but initially they have to pay the bills. So is there that, that's fear of not being able to do that. They'll, they'll, you know, do whatever they can. Right. Yeah, so but not only that, but it also lowers the standards, um, yeah. you know, your standards, uh, yeah. it lowers the standards in the classroom, but how many people did, did I not keep 
because I didn't get rid of somebody quick enough or that no. I, or, or because I didn't even, you know, uh, uh, turn them down in the first place. And I never thought in the beginning that I had the power to, I just thought of He-Man, I have the power I, that I have, yeah, that I actually had the power to choose. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. We, you know, you're not a right fit for our school, you know, that type of thing. Like right. I, I would never thought that in the beginning. Yeah. You know, right. I get it kind of coming from a position of power, right? There, there, there's nothing that makes you feel more powerful than when your intro calendar is full. So that way, when someone comes in, it's not like, oh, I got to get this student. You have 20 more the rest of the week. And I think a lot of school owners from a mindset standpoint, they're, they're the, the school owners that aren't in a position where they want to grow or they want to do something, they're worried that if they do something to grow, they'll have to sacrifice their integrity and they'll have to sacrifice. They look at the big schools and they say, oh, these big schools must have made a sacrifice in what they're teaching and what they're doing to be able to get there. And that's not necessarily true. As John was saying, if you, if you put these pillars in, it puts you in control of how your school grows. And that way you have the integrity of your curriculum and you have a full intro calendar where you can create a culture of the types of students you want because of these pillars. It just strengthens everything. So. All right. Let's get to these friggin' pillars, man. <laughs> Cause I want to start pillar number three. I want to know. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pillar number one. Pillar number one. So pillar number one is you have to have a, a strategy and a system for getting fresh new leads in the door consistently, day after day, week after week, month after month. And uh, by the way, uh, you know, some of this stuff might sound kind of obvious. You know, you might hear me say, uh, here's a pillar and you go, well, yeah, of course you need that. And so I think where the really mind bending part is and where the real discovery is going to be is how we actually do those pillars, which I'm happy to share with you guys if we have time. Um, but, you know, the, the first pillar is you have to have that system for generating leads. And by leads, a lot of people get confused about what's a lead. Some people we've run into people that think if someone hits like on your post that that's a lead. So to define leads, leads are people who are interested in trying your school that have given you some contact information, name, email, phone number, that is a lead. And as far as we define it, and uh, and you have to have a system for creating those and attracting those leads to you over and over and over again. And the consistency thing is really the key there. Well, like John said, it's a pretty obvious thought process, but I can't tell you how many school owners I talk to. I probably talk to five or 10 school owners a day in depth about what's going on at their school. And when I ask them a question, well, what's your process to acquire a lead? In their mind, they're like, I know I need a process, but there's not a lot of self-reflection sometimes. So if you're sitting here thinking, well, that's obvious, I, I'd encourage you to, to reflect, okay, well, what exactly am I doing to get consistent lead flow? Um, you know, there's definitely some pitfalls with, you know, event, we know with COVID events and things like that, hey, those are hit and miss, maybe available, not available, even if they are. Um, you know, if, the, if it rains outside and you're going to a festival, your whole lead strategy has been, you know, out the window because a storm is coming in. So I think the key to that pillar is a consistent process, a consistent system that you're in control of to get leads on a regular basis. And if you really dig in and, and ask yourself, what am I doing to get leads on a regular basis? I'd really encourage you to analyze, am I in control of that lead flow or external circumstances in control of that lead flow? If external circumstances are in control, I call that I hope marketing, I hope people show up, I hope people come back, then then that's not a, a pillar. That's that's your with the, you know, the tide and the waves, the ups and the downs. So and, it and sounds obvious, but we should get it's not as obvious. 
Yeah, but you're not saying you shouldn't do those. You're no, just those saying things are that's... awesome. Those things are great. When you're doing those things on top of getting uh, on top of a, it, just allows your business to grow even more. And what you what you see if you have a consistent lead flow is that you go into those events and those things with more confidence because you know when you go back to the school, you still have five, 10 leads that opted in while you're at the event. So you're not in that, you know, oh, please spin the wheel. Oh, please do this. Oh, it just creates that air of confidence that, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm picking my students. I Like you said earlier, Dwayne, I'm interviewing every single one of you at this festival mm -hmm. to see, you know, you're going to have the privilege to be a part of what we're doing here. And, and, and you know, like, listen, when I first started and we're going back 30 years, there wasn't a rock unturned that I didn't do for marketing. If anything came up, I was on the back of supermarket receipts, bus terminal chairs, you know, the side. Like, I, I think that people are so spoiled in this day and age where they have social media marketing. They literally could get someone, pay an ad and turn it on. Um, but there's not a lot of legwork going on. But I just interviewed Stephen Oliver not too long ago. And um, he said, you, you should be doing all the social media, digital marketing, but you should still be doing all the movie theater events and all the other events and doing whatever you can to get the name out there. I think that that's super important. So people forget that they get lazy. I think school owners get lazy. Well, well I, think I know I saw your face on a poster at the post office or something. So that's totally different. different. Totally oh, different. Delaware? You saw it in Delaware? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I have not gone to Delaware in quite some time. <laughs> well, Allie, to jump on what you just said, um, I think there is an aspect of laziness that happens, but I think there's also uh, an aspect of frustration that happens when you we've talked to so many school owners who have done all of that stuff and they've done everything that their sensei told them to do to build the school. And they've been out trying to do events and they've been out trying to do all sorts of stuff. And it's just not generating the kind of results that they're expecting. And so, and, and sometimes they don't even know what to expect. They, right. Sometimes we say, well, you go to a fair, you spend 500 bucks to get a booth there. And uh, you're there for eight hours, two days in a row, 16 hours. What do you expect to get out of that? And some of them don't even know what to expect. Right. Like, well, I don't know. Some people will come by and maybe see our sign. And then if they drive by, Later on, they might think, oh, let me take some karate. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some people yeah. don't know. So I think part of it, there's definitely some laziness. But I think the, the vast majority of at least the school owners we talk to are hard workers, man. They're not right. lazy, but they just are confused and don't know. And no one has been able to tell them, like, this is what you should expect. And I think a lot of the mindset, a lot of the coaching that we do and a lot of the, the parts of our program that I think people get the most value out of and don't even realize is just to know what to expect. Like this is, this is what you should expect to see happen. And if you don't see that happen, then you're not doing it right. Something's wrong with the system. Nothing breeds laziness and apathy, like lack of results. You know, if I go to the gym for a year in a row and I don't see any results, I'm probably not going to feel like going to the gym. If someone comes to your class and doesn't see progress in their technique and their form, they're probably going to, so we can confuse sometimes, like John said, laziness, this idea of laziness comes with either no results or expecting results that you really shouldn't expect to begin with. If I sit there and say, hey, I'm going to go to the gym for a month and lose 80 pounds. After that month, I'm probably not going to go to the gym anymore because I'm just going to be disappointed. So knowing what to expect, but then also getting tangible results from those expectations will breed you know, energy and, and the desire to do more. I yeah. like that. Though. that. That's really important. I think that... Um 
we point that out because, you know, even though when I do coach some people too, um, sometimes they're caught in the thick of things every single day, you're jumping on that hamster wheel, paddling as fast as they can, getting off, going home exhausted and repeating the process day after day. And if with a system like yours or one of the pillars, they could just take one particular thing and work that the proper way correctly and get some results, they'll then start to shift some of that other busy work to the things that are getting them better results. Because right, you know, busy work is what we do because it's easy to do and we want to do it because it doesn't give us any stress and any disappointment, right? Right. Cool. Very cool. John, repeat the, the first pillar and then let's let's go into the second one. Yeah. So the first pillar is you've got to have a system for generating leads consistently, putting people on your mats day after day, week after week, month after month. Second pillar is you've got to have a strategy to move those leads into intro lessons so that you can actually get them on the floor and talk to them and meet them and give them an experience of the class and then ultimately to enroll them as paying students. So leads are fine. Leads are great but you actually have to get them into the school. We've talked to some school owners who have like hired an ad agency or they've been to an event or they turned on a Facebook ad and they got a bunch of stuff, a bunch of leads, and then they never amounted to anything. They either didn't come into the school at all, didn't book an appointment, didn't ever come in and they just ghosted them completely. Or they say, I never opted into this. You know, they call them bad leads or they say, oh, I got a bunch of leads, but Facebook leads suck or uh, you know, I yeah. tried this thing or they get them into the school and they call them tire kickers and they say they just wanted their free thing. They didn't want to pay any money for anything. Right. And I heard a new one, John, yesterday it was mat jumpers. I've never oh, heard that. Before. Oh, that's a nice one. I like that. Mat okay. jumpers. That's pretty good. <laughs> Go from offer to offer to offer around town. Hey, listen, there are there are Groupons though that do do that. You know, Absolutely. like that's what they're referring to it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Groupon from what I've had them tell me that. No, after we're done with your thing, we're going to go to the Pilates class. And we're going to just do that for a month. You know, that right. Kind of thing. Right. So. Yeah. I, so I love that. So you got to have a strategy on how to deal with those leads and, uh, you know, how to nurture somebody from someone who is a mat jumper. I love that term, by the way. That's awesome. Um, you got to have a way to convert those mat jumpers into somebody who wants to stay and pay for your school. And so, you know, we found a couple of things. First of all, if uh, to dive into a little bit of that strategy, Um, one of the main things is if you get a lead, a fresh new cold lead, you've got to get them in the door within a week and you've got to get them in based on something that is a natural circumstance, not just a pressure, get them in within this week, but there's got to be a reason that they have to show up within that first week. And then once they're in, they've got to pay money on day one. That's what we found to be the best. There's a million different ways to do it. So you can Some people like to give away a whole month for free or a week for free. And I'm sure that that works for some people. But when we've tested all these different ways and we've done it a lot, I mean, we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of schools. The ones that do it the way that we show, which is get them in the door within the first week and then get them to pay money on day one. Those are the ones that have the highest success rate and the highest enrollment rates and the most profitability. It's just, um, you know, having that system. I and mean, I'm sure maybe somebody could could create a system and a process to do it differently. But the way that we found it works the best is get them in within a week and get them to pay on day one. Hmm. And it sounds, too, that uh, and I don't know, you didn't say this, but it sounds to me as if the those schools also um, those those individuals that they're you know enrolling actually probably stay longer 
than if they did not. And I and the only reason I can kind of maybe equate to this is when we would run our uh, and last year we didn't do it because of COVID, but uh, our Karate for Christmas offer. And years ago, it used to be $49 for two months of karate and a free uniform and wow. a free belt testing. Wow. Um, you know, and then I decided to up it. So I went from 49 to 69. And at 49, I like the highest I ever got was 76 people did the $49 one, uh, had to give two refunds. So we actually only had 74 people do the trial. Um, and then my highest, I think, with the $69 one was only, I, I want to say, 52-ish, I think. Um, but when I looked at the longevity of the $69 people compared to the $49 people, the $69 people stayed a lot longer than the $49 people ever did. Ever did. And the sign-up rate after the trial, I had more $69 people sign up as well than I did for the $49 people. So I know it's not the same thing we're not talking about, but that they're giving money and they're investing more, I think shows that they're a better lead. Am I kind of tracking with that? Yeah, hundred percent. So it's, and, and a lot of it has to do, like we've done a lot of studies in the psychology of it and the process of the selling and the, you know, what happens in the brains of the people that are buying this stuff. And and just being a, a martial arts parent myself, you know, my son's a black belt in Taekwondo. Um, I remember when he first started his little Taekwondo journey, he was there for a free couple of weeks. And the whole time he was there, and this is how I recognize this, and then we verified this in case after case after case. If mom brings little Johnny in for a free karate class or two or three or a week, if she's back at home or at a party talking to her friends later, she says this phrase. Yeah, Johnny's trying karate, right? He's trying karate. But if she goes in there and on day one she pays and that kid gets a uniform, she comes home and at the same party she'll say, Johnny joined karate, even though it's still a trial, even though he technically hasn't joined anything. He just bought the uniform and got a trial class. They're both trials. But when they pay money, the mind changes to joined. The other thing that that little psychological change does is if they're there for a free week and you don't do your offer until the second or third lesson, I've heard of this a lot, like, oh, they get two free and then the third one, it's D-Day, decision day. If little Johnny's upstairs in his room playing Fortnite and it's D-Day and he, he's like, and mom goes, time for karate. And he goes, eh, I don't want to go right now. Mom's like, all right, that's fine. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. We won't go. And then they'll never show back up. But if mom paid 65 bucks or 69 bucks for that uniform in the first month and little Johnny's upstairs playing Fortnite, she's she's like, uh-uh, put that uniform on. We're going to karate class because I paid good money for this and we're going to make sure we get our money's worth out of it. So, you know, it definitely increases the value just in their mind of what they're actually going to get. Um, and so... Absolutely. You're tracking. Well, and I think it also like goes back to, uh, you know, it positions you better as the, as the buyer and not the seller. I mean, it really does, you know, put value into the program right away from day one. Um, yeah. And I just think that that's probably, well, not probably, I know that it's very important for those type of things. So Allie, were you going to say something? No, no, I, I am. I'm listening and I'm kind of absorbing it because there's a part of me that, you know, is I've done all of this first class, sign them up, wow them, presentations, you know, flip, flip binders and 
you know, the whole nine and, and closing them. Um, and then I shifted about a year ago to this one month free. Um, and I, I took a very hands-off approach and I get what you're saying. Cause it is a little frustrating when I have someone does an entire month, they absolutely love it. And then they say to me, you know what, we're going to wait till after the summer or, you know, we're going to wait till after baseball. And there's really no commitment there yet. They love it though. I've even had people that they, you know, they've recommended their friends and they haven't joined themselves. So I'm thinking in my mindset too, like I've been trying to start presenting on the first class and saying, listen, if you want the uniform as well, um, it, you could get a one month with the uniform and it's $69.99. And then, you know, that way we get them committed. So I started playing with that again. I, I have no problem selling people. I just wanted to uh, take that approach away. So I had less pressure on myself. So I, you know, I, I just, stopped wanting to sell and let them just buy into the program on their own. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I'm listening and I'm going like, oh, maybe I need to get back into being a little bit more harder push on sale. Well, Allie, you don't want them, you don't want to get them committed. You want them to commit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Committed I uh, is going to the hospital. Well, I want them to be committed, <laughs> committed to our being committed to our program. Right. I don't think he caught it yet, Dwayne. There, he got it. Now he just got it. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a big song and dance to get right. people to sign up. It could be right. a very casual conversation like, hey, we have two offers today. You can continue to come for this this time period. Or we have another offer. I'll let, I'll let you decide. Let them make the commitment. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, Johnny can start coming to class $67 and he gets a uniform. That way he feels like he's part of the class. And yeah, literally, yeah. that's it. And then yeah. I mean, that's all you need to do on that first yeah. day. You get a financial commitment. Little Johnny feels like a suit. We were just talking about this um, the other day. We went and visited one of our clients here outside of Atlanta, one of our schools um, outside of Atlanta. And he was uh, in the middle of doing some trials and some conversions and stuff like that and enrollments. And this kid went, this kid, how old was he, John? Probably five or six, maybe seven, maybe seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Um, he goes into the changing room to put on the, the uniform. This kid's quiet, goes in there. He comes out, he's smiling ear to ear. He's high fiving strangers as he's coming yeah. out of the dressing room. He ran out to the front of the building, was fist bumping people, flexing yeah. his muscles. Yeah. Just because he put on a martial arts uniform. Yeah, yeah. It's true, though. I, I definitely see, you know, the, the excitement. And, you know, of course, it's always been this way. The minute they feel like they're a part of something, um, that takes them to another tier of commitment. And uh, you're, you're right. And then it, it drags the parents along with it for the ride. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, they love it. And the same thing happened there. These parents were about ready to walk out the door. The kid was already out the door. And this instructor of ours I and mean, he the school owner he goes yeah. hey uh can you bring him back in here i just want him to try this uniform on real quick this is his first day in class it's a trial class he was there for the free week that that had been advertised he, hey come in here and try this uniform on he hands the kid the uniform the changing rooms over there right then he starts talking to mom and you could see mom and dad were just kind of like him and han i don't know i'm not sure and we didn't hear the conversation exactly, but he's just talking to him. He's like, you know, you can do this. He's basically having that conversation. You can do the free week, no problem. Or you can do the paid month at 67 bucks. You get the uniform. As soon as he finishes his little presentation, that kid came out of the dressing room like Rocky Balboa, yeah. you know, just like, woo. And, his, and you saw the dad look at mom and go, all right, let's do this. Like yeah. it was that simple. All it took was just for them to see that this kid feels like part of something. And that's what every parent wants for their kid is for them to feel like something. And if he's the only one out there without a uniform, it just it, it, psychologically, it puts this thing on mom. Like, 
I don't know, you know, but once he's got that uniform, it's just a, it's a no brainer. We literally yeah. see, we see 99% success rates with that. We, we always say 90. Well, actually what we always do is exactly what we're doing right now. We say 90, but we really mean 99 <laughs> because okay. everybody gets. Well, you're world. under, yeah, you're under promising and over delivering. I yeah. mean, you know, and, so, and I think that's important because I, I, I think if you don't do that, that some school owners are going to say, well, it's supposed to work hundred percent of the time. Right. Yeah. And I, I like what you said though, when you started, this was, um, you know, a parent saying, Hey, my kid is trying out class or my kid is in signed up for a class. You know, it's a one month class, but the difference of level of commitment mentally, right. Of course, totally. is just that, you know, just the terminology and, and so on. So that's awesome. So, uh, that's pillar number two. That's pillar number two. Wow. Love it. <laughs> so recap pillar one is having a lead generation process, some way to get new fresh leads in the door. We, day after day, Je uh, pillar number that two you, that you control that, that you, you control. control. You control. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically something that you can put money in and get leads out of. That's a business. That's the model of marketing, right? Yeah. And then that kind of brings us to pillar number two, which is having a process of conversion to take those leads and actually turning into paying students. And then pillar number three is what ties it all together. We call it the flywheel effect. So having a way for your marketing budget to get replenished every month without it taking away from a budget line item. So we hear a lot of school owners, you know, basically would say, well, I can't afford to spend money on ads every month. And what we say is if you spend money on ads, the more you spend, the more you should bring in. So it should create this flywheel effect, basically, uh, you know, a way to put money into ads and then to pull that money out. And the flywheel effect only works if that process is fast. You can't have a slow, you know, three month process because you'll never get the momentum you need to keep putting that back in. As business owners, all of our bills usually come monthly, right? And so if we can't turn a marketing dollar into $10, you know, long term, then that's no good. But if we can't turn one marketing dollar into one or $2 this month, then we're, then we're not really in the green, we're in the red. So the flywheel is at least recouping what you've put in within the first, I'd say 45 days, but then on a rolling 30 day cycle. Well, and you're uh, solving the problem, right? That all small businesses have, and that's cash flow. You know, right. and that's where, we, you know, I know in the beginning, uh, especially when I bought my partners out, I was so stupid and I, did, I didn't have any cash flow uh, when I bought them out. And um, so that was a huge problem. So, so you're already solving that up right, right at the, right at the get go is, is when somebody's coming in and this is what I'm hearing. They're coming in, they come in on the offer. You're getting the $67 to, uh, you know, recoup what you've spent on, you know, having them come through the door. Obviously you're giving them a uniform. So 10 of that or 15 of that is going to that uniform. The rest is going to the marketing dollars. Am I hearing you right? Yes, exactly. So Travis, did you have something? Yeah, I mean, it's just set up so you don't have to have a, a, a everyone. Oh, I don't have enough money from you don't have to have enough money for marketing. If you have a flywheel in in place, it'll take care of itself because the more it grows, the more revenue you're getting. So you can pour even more in and it scales itself up. And, and you can actually prove this right to your clients. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but what I'm what I'm imagining is saying, yep, here, I'm going to prove it to you. Set up a second checking account. And let's start with. 500, whatever, let's start with $500 in there. And then every time you have somebody buy 
the the paid trial i want you to just go into your checking account that it goes into and and take out the uniform price and put the put the 60 you know so i don't know put the 57 dollars in there because you're going to take 10 dollars out for the uniform and let's see if this just doesn't work i mean have you ever done that before i've not done that but i actually run uh, that reminds me of a book called profit first have you read that one no uh -uh. It's actually really great for small businesses, especially, but I run my business that way too. I open accounts for all the different accounting items because I do bank account accounting. <laughs> I'm like, how much do I have in my ad budget? I can just look in my ad account and go, oh, I have that much, so I can spend this much. So I do like that idea. Um, Profit First, though, is a good book, good little book okay. recommendation. Martial arts school owners will love it because it just makes it super easy. They've got an account for their profit, an account for their marketing, they've got an account for their operating expenses and everything is, you know, separated out like that. But anyhow, it, the way we look at it is, um, you know, we'll spend, we usually recommend for Facebook ads, if we're going to get into real tactics right now, about 20 bucks a day on Facebook ads. You really don't need to spend much more than that or less than that to start. You can always go higher than that. I wouldn't really ever recommend going lower than that as a starting point, because the way Facebook ads work without getting too technical, they want to see a lot of action happening. So if you're creating an ad that's optimized for leads, what they say is they want 50 leads in a week. Well, uh, if you do our system, you'd have to have a really huge staff to handle 50 leads a week. No martial arts school that is, you know, just starting out would need that many. We've found that if you can get seven leads a week or more, the algorithm has enough information coming back. So basically one lead a day. And what we found is that most areas we can get martial arts school leads, like people who are interested in trying martial arts for about 14 bucks on average. Some get way less. Some get them for way less than that. We have some schools that are like two or three dollars or five dollars. Some are up in the 20s even sometimes, depending on where they are. If it's a very dense populated area, it can go down or it can go up. Or if it's a very uh, rural area, it can go down or it can go up. There's no rule for it, really. But um, you know, once you figure out what that lead cost is, it's real easy to back up and figure out how much should I charge for my trial, how much should I charge for my lessons, and you can make the flywheel effect work no matter where you are. But if we go on an average of about fourteen bucks per lead, if you spent twenty dollars a day, you'd get about forty-five leads in a month. And then what we found is the process that we use for getting them in in that first week is pretty easy. Um, we give away a free week trial. And then when they redeem it, we say, hey, it starts tomorrow. When do you want to come in? And that creates that natural sense of urgency, like, oh, I got to get in there this week or else this goes away. And so that gives you the opportunity to, instead of pestering them, like, hey, when are you going to come in? When are you come in? It's more like, hey, I want to help you get the most out of this free week you asked for. It's been two days. Do you still want this? So it changes your positioning again. It's like, hey, I offered this to you for free, but if you don't want it, I'll just give it to somebody else. Right. And then you've got this. So what we found is if you use that process, we get about half of those people to book an appointment. So about 22 appointments out of that. And then about half of those will actually show up. So you could look at that and you could be like 45 leads and only 11 people show up. Most of those leads suck. Sure. Who cares? Because 10 of those are going to pay you 67 bucks which goes back into your marketing that how much did you spend? 600, right? So if you spent 600 and you get a minimum of 10 people signing up for a trial, now what you have is 10 really highly qualified leads. And these are 
leads still because they haven't become students yet, right? So there are paid trials on your mats that are already committed. <laughs> they yeah. already have made a commitment to your school um, to give it a try for a month. They already have the uniform. They already have mentally made the decision that they've joined. And then even if only half of those sign up every month, you're adding about $9,000 in uh, revenue to your school every single month. How long does it take to get to an extra 100000 in revenue, not long, you know. Right. So right. that's a nice, and, and that's a nice round number. I know some school owners, if they had a hundred thousand dollars of extra revenue, they probably wouldn't know what to do with it. And some of them are like, only a hundred thousand. I want to do a million. So we've talked to both, and you you can just take those numbers and you just multiply or divide to get the right revenue goal that you have. You know, I'm a big fan of having your own goals. You know, but whatever it is. We, the process, if you install these three pillars, you see a 10X return on your ad spend. And that's pretty typical. A thousand. So when you, okay, so you, 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 the schools that want the million compared to the one that can't even handle the 100,000, um, does any of the math change the higher you go up, you know, with that? The scalability, so, like, or, or just like the math, does the math change or is it pretty similar? Depend, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I mean, what what changes is cash flow because if you have a million dollar goal and you dump six grand into your budget right now and it takes 60 days to get that return instead of 30, which could happen, you got to make sure you have that cash flow. But it's the same thing with 600. Some school owners we talk to can or haven't, you know, will have trouble scraping together 600. And if it does takes 45 days to get that first return, you know, so it's, I think if you have those goals, usually you have those cash flows in place as well. But it's important to know those things going into it. And the nice thing, what's great about Facebook ads, which is unlike anything else in the planet, uh, in history, really, with marketing, is you don't have to pay it all up front, you know. When I was, I used to own a, a telemarketing office and we used to do direct mail too. And we would have to spend like 20 grand a week on postcards. And that would be just for a test campaign. Like, yeah. let's see if this offer works, 20 grand. And with Facebook, you can do 20 bucks a day and you can go for seven days or five days. And if you're not getting the right results, you can just change it right then. So you've only spent about 50 to 100. So we, we're huge advocates of cutting losses quickly. Yeah, um, It's one of our you know key mindsets too. Well, and the other thing too is uh, with using Facebook, and I'm sure the way that you guys are, are teaching your clients to do this is you're doing direct response marketing. Um, you're not doing brand brand marketing or anything like that. It's direct response. You, you have a headline, you have copy, you have your offer, and then you have you know the... Uh, it, it's going to expire by when, or there's only a limited amount, you know, so you have scarcity. You, so you're putting all of the, um, all the copywriting, um, bullet points that need to be in there. Right. And so I think that, uh, and I, and th this could be a whole nother topic because I don't know that martial arts schools understand direct response marketing over brand marketing. They just think it's one and the same in a lot of occasions. Um, you, you guys you know, kind of follow me on that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I remember before I ever did marketing, uh, way back in the day when I was a guitar teacher, I had a cousin who actually two cousins who were going to school for marketing. And I was like, Oh, marketing. So what would you do with a marketing degree? And they were like, 
well, you can do anything with a marketing degree. And I was like, yeah, but like, what would you do with it? Like, what, right. what is marketing? Like, I didn't even know what it was. It didn't even register. And then I talk to a lot of people now and they're like, what do you do? And I'd usually just say, oh, I do marketing. And they're like, oh, so like websites? Yeah. Right. No, not website. Oh, so you're you have a print shop? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, so well, hard to explain when you don't know, you know. It's funny, my daughter took fashion merchandising and uh, fashion marketing in uh, FIT and she quite often come to me, she's designing an ad. I'm like, let's do it this way. You know, totally different than what her her professor was telling her to do, and she'd end up always getting great grades and she turns to me, she's like, uh, wow, you really do know what you know about marketing. I'm like, for 30 years, that's how I paid for everything that you go to college yeah. for. You know what I mean? Like it's, you gotta learn people, but you're right, those school owners are clueless when it comes to branding, how to market, you know, and um, so the more they learn about it, even reading books on it's kind of hard. It's really about, you know, how you're gonna get the word out there, right? So that's the most important thing. So cool. So these are three three crazy pillars that you, they're awesome for people. They're not. It's not you know they, as they say it's not like rocket science. It's not something that no one doesn't talk about. But at the same time, I have to admit, a lot of people are not putting the time into doing it. Right there, they they're hearing you probably. They're going like, yeah, I should be doing that, and maybe I'll do it. And you know, so what would you say that like, what should they, is there a step-by-step -step way? I know you guys also have a webinar coming up, right? That you're actually teaching this in way more detail, right? And you're doing something about it and is that people could sign up for. Yeah. So actually what we've actually moved to even more into is really being picky about who we work with. And so, um, you know, we've done a lot of webinars. We've enrolled a lot of clients that way and it's worked out really well. We've got a bunch of great clients. And what we found is that we'd rather be a little bit more involved in the process of their uh, making a decision so that we can make sure that they don't get into it and think it's and think it's something else. We want to make sure we get all their questions answered. We want to make sure they understand what's happening. So we've become very selective about it. We do it more of on a one-on-one -on -one type phone call. And so, you know, if you if anybody that's listening that feels like, you know, they want to and they want to grow their enrollment or they want to uh, learn how to do their own ads or they want to have, you know, like how to convert these ads into paying students or they need that flywheel effect. Or, you know, if they're, if, if they're want to grow their enrollment and install these pillars, but they just don't know how to do it. Um, you know, we're happy to invite them to just schedule a call with us. In fact, if, if, if you're watching the replay, if you're on live, if you just want to leave a comment on this post here, we'll monitor that as well. Just tell us, grow my school. And, uh, you know, we'd be happy to get on a phone call and talk through more detail and give them a real action plan. And whether it's starting to work with us or not, you know, we're, we're right. certainly not in the business of high pressure sales. I left that behind when I stopped selling timeshares. Yeah. <laughs> we're much yeah. more interested in working with people who really want to work with us. And, um, you know, so I'd be I'd be happy to Travis or I would definitely get on the phone with somebody and talk through those pillars. And usually when we get on the phone with the school owner, it's a matter of us asking a lot of questions and trying to learn as much as we can about their school and where they're actually at. And then seeing which one of those pillars is knocked down and how to really prop that pillar up and fix it so that they can really just kind of bust through um, barriers that they've been dealing with. Yeah, uh, those that are listening to this on a podcast uh, and and uh, don't see this thread, you know, the live video and stuff, how, how, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so Travis, what do you think the best way to get a hold of us would be? 
on a podcast. Maybe just, just go to getkaratestudents.com. Yep. And then yep. There's, you'll probably see a button there to schedule a call. Um, let's see. We have webinars on there. We have some case studies that you can take a look at. But I think on our contact us tab, I'm going to pull it up now. Sorry, I wasn't really prepared for a big call to action here. We're just trying to. No, that's that fine. Well, okay. Well, yeah, but we want we want people to know how to get a hold of you if they're you know if they they want your information they need to be able to get a hold of you so let's not leave that out and yeah yeah absolutely i mean i, I, I will say we're out there you guys want my personal cell i'll just throw it out there that's that yeah help. sure so yeah you can t just text me it's uh 404-800-4980 just shoot me a text i'll be happy to just connect and like i love how john said a lot of school owners they have one of these pillars in place a lot of times it's just one. And as we, if you get into construction or building or platform, whatever foundations, sometimes it's just needing one to be repaired or one to be fixed. And they have some good things in place or it's kind of doing all right. And that's why we want to jump on a call because it's not the same for everybody. Some school owners say they need all three. Some school owners just need a little bit of help with one, you know, fixing one. Maybe there's some cracks in another. Really going deep with this analogy here. You had a rowboat well, and there's some holes in the rowboat and you had to plug yeah, the holes yeah. in the bucket and in through the back door out the <laughs> Well what I, what I'm hearing though too is you're really, you know, doing a health assessment on their business and where they're at so that you can see one if what you you know what your expertises are in, you know, the expertise that you have, if it could even help them, number right. one. And then number two, then you can make suggestions. And of course, they're, they're grown people. They can make a decision on whether or not this is something that is going to be a right fit for them. I, I will say that I, uh, one of the things that I like about your program is the, the whole mindset um, information that, you, that you, you give to the school owners. Because that, again, I go back to when I was first starting out and I didn't know anything about anything with business mm -hmm. or marketing or anything. Uh, if if, if yeah, I would have understood some of some of the uh just the mindset things would have made you know everything a, a big difference for me if that makes sense and then uh aside to that what i'm hearing you say is not only do you want to find out where they're at but in addition to that how can um how can we scale this to make it comfortable for you to grow your business because what you don't want to do is you don't want them to be worse off than they were in the beginning meaning they have more leads than they can handle and right. And yet the systems that they don't have in place that will break down the relationship with those potential new clients, mm -hmm. um, they could end up being worse off than they were before. And, and, and am I true in saying that that's also something you take in consideration? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. why, you know, school owners need to be in control of their growth because, you know, age, nothing against agencies, but when you hire an agency, they, they just want to flood your school because that's what you're, they're, you're, they're hired to do is to get you as many leads as possible. Um, and then that leaves the school owner, especially single, you know, owner, school owners, you know, single run businesses. You know, it's like, all right, I got eight, 80 leads this week. How am I going to make those phone calls? So a lot of what we do is, is make sure that they're putting efficient systems into place. So that way they actually have more time to teach, even with more lead flow. But then also putting them in control of the faucet, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. because the school owner needs to be in control of their growth. Absolutely. I, I like that, too. Like, you know, you're thinking about, 
you know, a, a school owner that, and there are a lot of single operation school owners that have no desire to have, you know, multiple staff members and so on. Um, and, uh, and they get nervous, like, Hey, I'm going to turn the floodgates on and I'm not going to be able to handle it, but your system, you'll show them how to do that and how to market to the point where they can handle it. So it's not like they should, they should be afraid of, of growth because they could get the growth that they could handle. Right. And that's basically right. what you're saying. I like it. Yeah, we just heard from a school owner, uh, what, two days ago, John, he's a, a single yeah. owner, sing one teacher. He doesn't have a black belt. It's just him teaching all the classes. And I believe he's doubled, if not tripled his enrollment. And he just sent us a message that he has more time than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Moving into a bigger place. Yeah. I think that's one of the big myths. If you guys read the E-Myth, you remember that book? Yeah. So, many, many, many times. And all yeah, yeah. revisited too. Yeah. Yeah. So when that book came out, I think everyone thought, I just need to outsource everything. I, right. I, and, and what's funny about the E-Myth is that it just generated this whole new plethora of myths. I like the yeah. book in general. Like, I think it's a pretty good book, but. Um, well, what about the four hour work week? That made everybody do right. the same thing. I love that one too. And there's some good tidbits in there, but in general, uh, I think what's happened now is that everyone has decided marketing is some type of mystery and there's some kind of curtain and veil that I can't see through unless I'm some type of marketing expert. So I should just outsource that. Right. In fact, I just heard somebody the other day say, you should be outsourcing your bookkeeping and your marketing and something else. And that's fine if you want to outsource it, but you got to at least know a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes there. You could, you, I wouldn't outsource my bookkeeping if I didn't know how to open a bank account. Right. right. I mean, you got to know some of it. And that's so when those think, celebrity bookkeepers take all their money. Right. right. I mean, yeah, they yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting too. I, I just had this meeting with um, a client last night or yesterday and, um, they have a lot of money that they, cause they just sold their one of their homes and bought a new home and they have a lot of money left over in equity. So like, Oh, we have to renovate our school because we got to spend the money or the government's going to take it. I'm like, who, what, who is your accountant, man? Like we, let me get on the phone with them. You know, and then we came up with a bunch of different strategies and they're going to like literally blow the money because they're afraid that they'd rather blow it on stupid things rather than uh, the government taking it right oh, and man. going back to that whole sourcing out stuff i mean i know it's off of what you're saying but people will get an accountant that is clueless i mean just just because you have a cpa doesn't know you know small business accounting yeah. right so uh they just push numbers and make sure that you could pay your taxes at the end of the year but you need to get the proper person to do right. your stuff so be careful with just outsourcing be careful with just not having your pulse on everything Definitely. And I think yeah. marketing is the most intimate thing when it comes to your business. And it's the most important when it comes to keeping yourself in business. It's the life, new white belts on your mats are the lifeblood of your school. And if you don't have a steady flow of new white belts on the, on the floor, then the school is literally dying. And so if you don't, as a school owner, have it, uh, at least the little ounce of responsibility in that prospect of, of that, getting those new white belts on the floor and getting them to sign up. Right. Um, Who's going to care more about it than you as the school owner? You're the yeah. only one. It's your job. And that's actually really a good, that's good news because no one's going to be better at it than you. And right. I think there's all this mystery behind what marketing is. And we just basically have taken off. Let, let me be just completely frank. The marketing industry has lost their minds. Yeah. They're, they've gone crazy. There's two sides of it. There's one side that says you need to be completely relentless in your follow-up and call people and over-communicate and go nuts and just completely bombard people with messaging. 
And then there's this other side that says, just automate all of it and let chatbots do it all. And so yeah. you've got these two, and we look at this, Travis and I crack up, we'll have a meeting about once a week and we'll just go, what the heck are they doing? This is totally nuts. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. It's really what marketing really is, is getting your message in front of the right people, having a right. conversation. That's all people yeah. want. Nobody calls the gas company and goes, gosh, I hope a robot answers this so I can get my, my problem solved. They right. want to talk to a person. They want to have a conversation. They want to build a relationship, especially in martial arts. It's so intimate. I mean, one day you're going to kick this person in the face more than likely. Right. Yeah. Like, you don't want your first interaction to be a chat bot, you know, right, right, right. some stranger in a call center somewhere. Well, and and just the, let's go back to like what we originally talked about in the beginning, the separation of you and, and every other school in this town, right. Or your town or whatever. Um, because of COVID, everybody is so used to text messages, emails, recordings, you know, chat bots, whatever to have a human being, a live breathing person actually talk to you on the phone or or a live breathing person texting you and you can tell that it isn't an automated text. I mean, yeah. at the very least, right? Um, I think just even those small things separate you from everybody else. 100%, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. who wants to press one, to press two, to press five, to press eight, and then finally find out that you're back to number one. It's like ridiculous. You know, all that pressing alley makes you depressed. That's true, and, and, and angry. And, and you know, you know what's interesting too. I think that the whole rage now is like COVID is an excuse, right? So, uh, well, we don't. I, I've been waiting to get my kitchen put in for like six months now because COVID. You know, you can't get cabinets. You know, and there's no more wood on the planet. And I'm like, really, like, when's the truth going to come out that you're just too busy or you're really just waiting to do our job? You know, that kind of thing. And it bothers me. Like, and I think that a lot of school owners make that mistake too. They blame it all on COVID. You know, we're not getting the right leads or, the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think we need to snap out of that to some extent, you know, and get back to doing business. And like like Dwayne and I trying to communicate more on text messaging, always, you know, uh, communicating through automations and so on. It's important. And picking so, up the phone and calling. Exactly. I haven't done that in quite some time, though, I have to say. But I do text everybody. Slap you, Allie. Yeah, I, do. I really don't. I, I'm so happy not to talk to people on the phone. I, I love I love getting them in and getting them in my lobby. And then I'm like, but but people come in and go, oh, I'm like, I'm the guy who's been texting you. And like, we know each other already. Yeah. Like, we 27 times before they made their first appearance in my school and I'm you know I'm asking questions I want them to feel comfortable around me I'm making jokes a lot of lols and you know uh, ha 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 you know that kind of thing yeah so, but you're making it personal it's not right. like an automated thing so Absolutely. and I think people can see the difference totally. yeah yeah the corporate talk the days of corporate talk is dead good you gotta, yeah. be a, you gotta communicate like a 16 year old girl yeah, exactly. Oh, great. Okay, great. I'm going to be crying as I'm doing it. Yeah. No. That's why Allie's so good at it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got my daughter teaching me how. She's like, I never knew that, you know, when you say K or okay, not, not the K, I think, you know, and when you answer, that means you're upset or something like that. My daughter's like, that's not what you say to somebody. And I'm like, what yeah. the heck? Yeah, because it's just, it's K. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Yep. Yeah. But uh, hey, guys, this was awesome, though. I appreciate your yeah. time. We appreciate your time. Um, I love I love the simplicity of it, but at the same time, the intricacy of it, because it, it seems simple. One, two, three pillars. But when you probably dial down on every one of those pillars, there's a lot going on 
to really get that pillar. And Dwayne and I, we did a conversation, a, a, a show about this many years ago on the pillars, right? It was literally, I tried to go on and, and, and pull it up on our, our, uh, uh, library, but we talked about pillars in, in systems, having them in place. And, um, I think that it's an overlooked thing. People are not understanding. So like, you know, like you said before, quick synopsis is they'll blame the marketing. It's not the right area. It's not the right offer. It's not when in reality, it's all about getting the phone to ring and then the next pillar falls in place where now you get them in. And it's not that they're cheap or they're tire kickers. You're just not selling it properly. So then you have that next pillar in place to right, be able right. to really make it happen. And, you know, and, and so on. And then the third pillar. So it's really all about learning and putting them in place and getting getting good at them and practicing it, not um, putting them in place, trying it out three or four times and it doesn't work. And you go, oh, Travis and, you know, and John's stuff sucks. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to make it work, you know, and you got to learn how to tweak it and work with it. So, I mean, there was a lot of really great, great knowledge that you shared. So I love so, it. So this was back in uh, September and also August of 2000, 2015. Wow. Is when we wow. did those calls. So it's the seven pillars of business and the three foundations they sit on. So there's two parts, wow. part one and part two. Well, yes. Dwayne, you and I are very, very on top of things. Like, we're way ahead of our time. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> and you guys have, we have to go back pillars. and listen to it, make sure that, the, that, it's, that, it, that, that it matches up. So. <laughs> that, that's like, and I'll tell a quick, quick story. There was one time I had a guy and he, I wrote an article and released it. And this guy wrote me about how I stole, plagiarized, and was a fraud. <laughs> when I put my article out, right? And um, then a lot of his followers started to attack me as well. Meanwhile, I wrote that exact article five years prior and released it on Facebook. So I had to go back and find it. And I said, oh, I stole it five years ago, right? And then all of a sudden, he literally stole my article word for word, but didn't, maybe someone wrote it for him or I don't know, but he he was like, Oh my God, I'm going to retract everything. Like he stole my article, but he blamed me for doing it. So it was crazy. It was insane. It was called, I quit was the article. And we talked about a student's quitting, but um, anyway, guys, you're awesome. I, I loved having you here with us. Thank you for sharing again. And again, they could grab, give your phone number one more time so they can reach out to you. Yeah. It's uh, four zero four. 800-4980. Just feel free to shoot me a text. Give me a call. Figure something else. Very, very cool. And Dwayne, you want to some, we want to uh, do our outro and we're all good to go guys. We'll talk to you real soon. And thank you for being on our show again, one more time with us. Thanks guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yeah. Right. And then just uh, look guys, if you want to go to get karatestudents.com, uh, learn a little bit more about the three pillars and get your free phone call again, give Travis a call. I put it up on the screen here. It's four zero four. You said 800, right? Yep. All right. So 404-800-4980, uh, 404-800-4980. Give Travis a call. And uh, guys, again, wonderful, wonderful. wonderful. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Thank, Thank you, guys. guys. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, the best darn software for school owner manager on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems. 
We will see you next time.